This is the Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Ryan Fitzpatrick should be in the Hall of Fame. Frank Gore should not be That's in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> but Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> well done. should be in the Hall of Fame. You cannot tell the story of the NFL yes, without can. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Earlier on the show, co-host of Good Morning Football, Peter Schrager. Coming up, actor and producer Ashton Kutcher, co-host of Pardon the Interruption, Michael Wilbon. And now... It's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Happy New League Year, everybody. It's the NFL's New League Year, so everything that we couldn't really technically talk about, all the teams couldn't talk about, all the acquisitions that they've made over the last few weeks. So when you see a press release of the Los Angeles Rams welcoming Matthew Stafford to the team, I'm like, well, we knew that a couple of weeks ago. We knew that last month. League uh, year starts today. Rams couldn't announce it and talk about it until today. So Levante David's two-year deal gets announced today. We'll have him on tomorrow's program. That's the way it works, for instance. Awesome. Um, and um, all the deals that we just saw become over the last few days becomes official today. And the deal that uh, is coming for the Chicago Bears to be announced today, Andy Dalton joining Nick Foles in the quarterback room. Um, has landed like the proverbial, you know, uh, wet, you know what, in a church in Chicago, <laughs> Illinois. I mean, I only spit you truth. I mean, and uh, one way to put it. No, I mean, that's it. But uh, let me just give you a, a real brief here before. <laughs> well, because we've got two Bears fans on. I know how Michael Wilbon feels about it because he, he said quite something on Pardon the Interruption um, yeah, he did. yesterday. And he'll be joining us in hour number three uh, of this show. And Ashton Kutcher is going to join us, courtesy of T.J. Jefferson, who has known Ashton Kutcher for what twenty years at least. Yeah, you know twenty twenty one. So you were there. You were you there on the set eighteen years ago today? The the or, well, I wasn't on the set. You already had a couple episodes in, in the can. can. I imagine yeah. it was eighteen years ago today that punked first hit MTV. Correct. Yeah, yeah the very first episode. Okay, yeah. so were you there for that whole? That whole I was journey? there in the beginning as it got put together, but. You know, when we first started shooting, it was everything was so tight and locked down, and that was literally like the first one that they shot. So yeah. no, I wasn't on set okay. for that. But uh, you've known him for a long time, and he's going to join us in the middle of this hour, and I look forward to that. So I don't know what his um, thoughts on the subject are, but if the Bears are going to draft a quarterback this year, let's say twentieth overall. Trey Lance is sitting there. Mac Jones is sitting there. Let's say somehow, some way out of, for whatever the hell happens, because you know crazy things happen in drafts. Let's say Justin Fields drops and they can move up. Let's say that, okay? Let's say this happens. I could think of no better quarterback room or no better situation for a rookie quarterback to sit, learn, marinate, cook in the oven a la... Patrick Mahomes than this guy that's coming in. I could not think of any better situation than whichever guy comes in and says Andy Dalton and Nick Foles are in a room together competing and they watch how the competition actually doesn't divide the room. Normal, decent, excellent human beings on planet Earth, lead pipe wielding professionals with scores of wins, one with a Super Bowl MVP in his pocket on his resume, others with division championships on his resume. One of them far more decorated collegiately than the other, and that's Dalton. What better situation could you have? 
So there could possibly be some light at the end of the tunnel if, in fact, the Bears go and draft a rookie and throw him in there. So right now, everyone's up in arms, and I understand why Bears fans are up in arms. Whole first hour was about that, and much of the rest of the show might be as well. But you got to see how all the puzzle pieces come together. If I told Bears fans, hey, guess what? You got a, a rookie quarterback that you really love and you've heard nonstop for weeks upon weeks upon weeks has the eyes and ears and hearts and minds of all the scouts and all the talent evaluators in the NFL. You got that guy in the first round and they get to learn from Foles and Dalton and 2021 might be a little bumpy ride, but you could still win 10 games, make the playoffs. What do you think about that? Different scenario. Just laying it all out there, trying to be nuanced, trying to be fair, trying to be balanced. That's how I roll here on the Rich Eisen Show. Pleased to uh, also welcome in right now my next guest. He is the championship head coach of the defending world champion Los Angeles Lakers. He is fresh off of a win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. He is Frank Vogel. How are you, coach? I'm good, Rich. How you doing? I'm doing well. Are you calling literally from just down the street? at the Lakers facility? Are we, we... <laughs> I'm actually at my house right now. We have an off day today. <laughs> okay, because I was going to invite you over. I know that, you know, our protocols, <laughs> are, you know, I think they're similar. I was just going to invite you over. We're right down the road, you know, Frank. We can Zoom from across the street, right? We, if you get to where that would be such California. A, that would be such a 21st century thing, but yes, <laughs> we could do that. So uh, let's get into uh, a little bit of the uh, difference between this year and obviously the bubble and and you having to deal with COVID protocols and getting into that a little bit. And we'll hit the way back machine a little bit and, and then and then linger in the present. What has been like this year to be a head coach in the NBA uh, in this pandemic outside of the bubble? Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely been a challenge. You know, um, you know obviously uh, the, the, the major difference between the bubble and, and this year is, is the travel. Um, you know, and then the mindset, I think that, uh, you know, you're really back home. You're back, uh, you know, when you, when you go on the road, um, you know, you're not technically allowed to, to leave your hotel or do anything, uh, but the, the rules change every two weeks. Um, you know, so when you're in a bubble, you just kind of knew, like, this is, this is where I'm going to be for the next three months, you know, and, um, and there's going to be no travel. You're going to play every other day. And you kind of fall into a into a rhythm, but you know to have these types of uh, restrictions uh, while dealing with a more condensed schedule and and traveling has just been uh, it's, it's been a challenge. But uh, you know it's something that we're all in. Uh, it's for the betterment of of the league, and um, you know we're all trying to play our part to get through this pandemic. And then let's talk about this year a little bit. How is Anthony Davis, as you and I are talking right now? Chris Haynes of Yahoo had mentioned uh, in a report that it could be another month until you get him back on the court. Would that be uh, accurate? Well, we'll see. You know, he's going to be evaluated again uh, towards the end of the month and, and see where he's at. You know, we're, we're hoping that it's not going to be that long, but, um, you know, it's really going to be a, a process of, of building up his workload and seeing how, uh, how the cap responds. And, um, you know, if things go well, hopefully it won't be that long. Okay, and so um, is there uh, any sense of, like, look, we got this. There's no sense in rushing him back because of the nature of this injury. We got this. If we're a three-seed, four-seed, you know, five-seed, we'll deal with it. Um, but it's better to just play the long game here. Is that a sensibility that you guys are employing right now on this subject? Well, well, we just want to make sure the injury's behind him. 
you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's the way we would be with, uh, with all, all of our players with, with any injury, you know, it's, uh, the, the regular season is marathon and, um, you know, something like this with, uh, with such an important player, uh, you don't want to put him at risk, uh, to, to lo- losing him longer term. So, um, you know, we're going to take whatever time is necessary to put the injury behind him. What have you learned about LeBron James being his coach that you didn't know, uh, competing against him? What have you learned? You know, I just think it's different to see his IQ uh, up front and his leadership, um, his ability to uh, to figure out a game or figure out a stretch of the season or, or figure out a playoff series. Um, you know, I, I've never been around a, a winner uh, of this level. You know, I don't know if the, the, the game has ever seen uh, someone that uh, knows how to win at this level. Um, you know, he just has a, you know, a great intellect for the game. And, uh, you know, it's something that you know competing against him, but, but it's just different when you see it up close. Can you give me an example of that IQ? Something that you're like, okay, <laughs> I just saw that. Well, um, you know, it's, you know I, I just think you see it on a daily basis, you know, whether it's uh, in-game, you know, something that's hurting us. Like, hey, we need to do this, we need to do that. It's like having another assistant coach out there, um, you know, or if it's a stretch of the season, you know, for instance, um, most recently with, with Anthony being out, he, he was carrying a heavy load and, um, you know, we knew we were going to be in a period where, where we had to adjust, um, you know, and, and, and learn to live without Anthony. And, you know, he, he had the mindset like, you know, after we, we came out of the gates and lost a couple in a row that he wanted to play more in the low post and at, and at the elbow, you know what I mean? And, uh, defer some of the ball handling uh, responsibilities during during a stretch uh, while Anthony is out while we were shorthanded and um, you know that that type of uh, shift in our offensive philosophy has, has given us uh, some growth and allowed us to get some traction yeah and for me you know Frank Vogel here on the Rich Eisen show when I, I was on Sports Center uh, when he was when I, I was doing highlights of his high school games and it's just amazing to me to hear like last night oldest player to ever have back-to-back triple doubles and I'm like I can't believe we're talking about LeBron James as the oldest anything but here we are he's 36 he's played half his life as an NBA player 18th season he doesn't show any signs of doing anything different and then there's the sense that you just mentioned is another assistant coach in the huddle but how how cuz you 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 I'm sure you've heard all the conjecture and all the yip yap in uh, in my business uh, of, you know, can't tell LeBron what to do as a coach. And sometimes you might have to, as a coach, say, great idea, but uh, let's try it my way. How, how does that nuance work between you and, and LBJ, Frank Vogel? No, he's been terrific in that regard. It really has been a, a partnership uh, between myself and him and, and our coaching staff. Um, we collaborate on, on decisions on a daily basis. You know, we, we include both Anthony and, and LeBron, you know, our two captains, our two cornerstones, uh, with with many of the sort of what you call fence decisions, you know that that we make throughout the course of the season, whether it's a game plan or when to travel or um, you know whether we should have uh, you know practice or shoot arounds or whatnot, and uh, you know measuring work versus rest, those types of things, um, you know, because the, you know the, the only thing that matters to those guys is, is winning, you know. So um, you know we've had a great a great partnership, um, you know, plenty of times where. Um, you know, he or Anthony would feel one thing, and we say, "Hey, we got to work," or "Hey, we got to we got a double team," or, or "We got to run," you know, this this type of action. And you know, they'll they'll listen and, and and work together with us. It really has been a great partnership, uh, you know, since our coaching staff was put together here in LA, and um, you know, hopefully, it leads to uh, another positive playoff run. If I could, if you could wave a wand, if I gave you a wand that you could wave, and and Adam Silver would have to make the rule change that you you utter as you wave the wand, 
What would that be, Frank Vogel, to change in oh, the NBA? A rule change. Yes, sir. Um, what would that be? Could do with anything to do with the replay uh, that you'd you'd want the two minute report gone. <laughs> you want you'd want a four minute report. Like what? You know, do you, it, what do you got it's for so me? It's funny. That? Like throughout the course of the season, there's a million of these things come up, right? And and you always hear Jeff Van Gundy on the podcast saying, "Oh, this has got to change. That's got to change." But putting being put on a spot, I'm not I'm not really sure what's going in my head other than maybe. Uh, you know, let's put a Jeopardy timer on the on the instant replay. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, hey, it's thirty <laughs> seconds. You have thirty seconds to look at it, and if you if it's not clear within thirty seconds, then we move on with it, with how it was called. Because <laughs> you know, you know, your colleagues are stealing timeouts that way. You know that. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you've attempted that too, Frank. So you're you're suggesting the Jeopardy theme length of time is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. And then you take the headset off, and whether you whether it's clear or not, you take the headset off, and we keep playing. And you and and you don't form the answer in the form of a question, like like what what <laughs> is block, right? What is charge, right? You, well, actually, the refs look right into the camera now, so they you, do. They could, they could ask the question. They could form it as a question. They do. Her. Frank Vogel of the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, so let's get into a couple of things here, Frank, um, about you. Um, what what is more prized possession for you, winning a championship as a head coach or appearing as a stupid human trick on David Letterman years ago? Is that which one is more of a, a being a you know appearing as a stupid human uh, on on the championship? Probably. Mixing, mixing together, <laughs> you can mix them you know? both. So is that true? You did you you appeared on a Letterman show and a stupid human trick years I ago? I did. I was a child, thirteen years old. Um, you know, learned some some uh, ball spinning tricks at a basketball camp. Uh, came home and uh, you know all, all moms like to uh, brag about what their kids are doing. Um, you know they she showed me off to some of her colleagues at work and you know they they used to live in New York City and try to get on the show with things like that. So they gave us the number. We made a made a phone call and they they said if he can do what you're saying he can do, then we want him on the show immediately. And, and about five days later, I was on the David Letterman show. Spinning a basketball, brushing your teeth in front of David Letterman in a live studio audience at 30 Rockefeller. Is that what it was? Yeah, national TV, which I didn't really grasp the concept of. I just thought my friends at school were going to see it. I didn't realize the whole country was watching, and and really the whole future uh, (laughs) internet uh, generation will be watching as well. Do you remember who was on Letterman as guests that night, Frank? You know know what's so funny is Marv Albert was actually on. Young, you know, yes, many, during, this is 1986, and he wow. was doing like his yes. blooper, yeah, his, his blooper sequences that he used to do back in the day. Um, he was on, and then uh, there was an Italian comedian named Roberto Benini, which I don't think anybody really. Uh, well, well, I think he won an Oscar. He was an actor, won an Oscar, Frank. So Shades of Borat. This generation would know him as, as sort of a, an 80s version of Borat. Okay, well, because interesting, and you being a New Jersey guy, watch seeing Marv at age 13 probably was big for you. Because I'm a Staten yeah, Island guy. Cool. I'm yep, a Staten Island sure. guy, so Mar- Marv is my guy. Um, last thing for you, apropos of nothing, I notice these things sometimes. I'm afflicted by it. Frank, I, I noticed that you guys, uh, meaning the NBA head coaches, used to suit and boot. I mean, it, it, it was like a, a fashion show uh, with you dressing <laughs> up, coat and tie. And now, now it's just like what's in the closet, you know? And uh, I'm wondering, have we seen the end of coaches dressing up in the NBA because the bubble last year, you decided let's not dress up and the league has given you the opportunity to dress down. Have we had the days of NBA head coaches suiting and booted? Are they over Frank? I, I don't know, but I, I don't think so. Um, 
I, I think we're all happy with what our dry cleaning bill looks like, you know, this year and last year. It's, it's a lot better than it has been in the past. But um, we all had the mindset. Um, we actually had a coaches association meeting about this. Um, where we, we really, most of us still prefer uh, to wear suits. Really? But, you know, in this, I would say that's about 60-40. But in this climate of, uh, of the pandemic and the bubble, not having, having dry cleaning and all that, we did it last year. And right. Because this year we're still pandemic oriented and with a lot of restrictions, they just uh, we decided to go another year uh, with more of a, a relaxed uh, attire. Okay, but um, I think the expectation is to return to suits next year. Who's pounding the table for no suits? Is it Popovich? Who's the leading that charge of no suits? Which coach? You know, uh, I forget doing? where Pop was with it. Um, you know, but you know, I'm a suit guy. Okay, you know, I, I remember Taylor Jenkins spoke up about it. Carlisle was a, a a Chuck Daly guy, you know, Chuck Daly always talked about, always, um, so you know, how you should look. So and he's the president of the coaches association. Okay. So you know, there's a lot of us that, that just see the value in that, but, but there's certainly a handful, uh, you know, plenty that like the relaxed fit too. Okay. And I'm fascinated by this last one. Which coach do you think would maybe break ranks and say, screw it, I'm wearing a suit. And you just all show up and you're like, you're dressed in your workout clothes and you're, and you're, your colleague who you're battling that night just shows up literally like on a runway, like all suited and booted. Which, which coach do you think would go rogue for that? I've got my <laughs> guess. Give, give me yours, Frank. Come on. If it stays casual, you're talking about? No. If you, somebody's just like wears, wants to wear the suit, they're dying to wear the suit, they can't go without wearing a suit another day, and they break ranks, and you show up, you're like, what gives? I'm still dressed in my workout clothes. You're dressed in your suit. Which coach do you think would go rogue and do that? Which one? Yeah, I you know I really don't know. I, let's just go with Coach Carlisle. No, let's. We think it's. I really don't know. We think That's it's Quinn Snyder. We Quinn think Snyder. it's Quinn Snyder. We think Quinn yeah, Snyder's Quinn done it. Yeah, would do something chic for sure. Because he's, yeah. dre- I mean, he he's dressed. I mean, he's dressed too. He's dressed. He would look better than the rest of us. Like his belt matches his his sneakers right now, which matches the mask. <laughs> it's tucked in like you could see that, right? You know that. Yeah, that's a good answer for sure. Okay, good answer, everybody. (laughs) We start with Jeopardy, we end with Family Feud. Thanks for the call, Frank. Greatly appreciate it. Let's do this again. Take care, Rich. You better. That's Frank Vogel, head coach of the world champion Los Angeles Lakers. We talk about the important stuff here on the Rich Eisen Show. And we also glean that it's probably going to be another at least couple weeks for Anthony Davis. All right, we'll take a break. Set up Ashton Kutcher. And take your phone calls, 844-204-RICH. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com eisen. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. <laughs> All right, Ashton Kutcher is going to join us in about 10 minutes' time. Uh, it is the 18th anniversary of Punked, and uh, he retweeted our uh, our show announcement that he and Wilbon are going to be on. He added you, his mm-hmm. buddy, TJ Jefferson, at 2 Jiggy. Yes, sir. And uh, he said he's getting ready to talk about the uh grizzly and what's the word for he put it the red bear or something like that the red rocket i the, think no, or the red rifle red rifle he, he red. came he came with a different word for it but let's go to the phone lines uh rick in south carolina has been hanging on for a while what's up rick oh not much good afternoon guys what's going on uh, what's on your mind what's up rick i wanted to make a comment about um a comment that Bruce Arians made this year which i think sheds light on um, his relationship with uh Jameis Winston a year ago. Uh, I think it was the um, post-game presser of when uh, the Saints came in and hammered him, I think, in early November. Uh And his comment was about Tommy not being able to find a receiver. He says, we design pass plays, and we have somebody open short, somebody open middle, and somebody open long. I don't know why he couldn't find anybody. Now, let's go back a year Arians is his first year coaching the Tampa Bay, and Jameis is in his fifth, his contract year. So I would love to hear what was in the quarterback room. And mm. if Arians is coaching him that there's always somebody open, I question the co- uh, the coaching. Now, look, and, and, and thank you for the call. That was a question that we were hearing about with Brady is his relationship with Arians all season long and was – you know, he, he, he's he's not used to hearing anything critical from his head coach through the media. That's one thing that Belichick never did. Well, they figured it out, whatever the issue was. And, and here's the deal with Jameis, man. It's just, you know, it's interesting that he winds up first overall pick, as we know, and he winds up being replaced by Tom Brady, and he's got to find somewhere else to go, and he finds New Orleans. Now... Philip Rivers is no Tom Brady, as you can attest, Christopher. Indeed. Um, but Philip replaced Breeze, and he winds up in New Orleans. Jameis has the same head coach, doesn't he? I'm fascinated by this. I really am. It's a huge story for next year. And you heard the Bears were interested in him. You heard the Bears were interested in him. I bet Bears fans would be a lot more excited about Jameis than they would be about Andy Dalton even though Jameis has a history of being far more careless with the football and hasn't won 
nearly as much in his career as Andy Dalton has. But here's something I want to point out. My, our buddy Trent Dilfer, this is a great tweet. I haven't sent it uh, to put it up on the screen. I'll just read it out. I saw it a few days ago, and I just thought about it during that conversation. Our buddy Trent Dilfer, who, as you know, won a Super Bowl, right? Indeed. Um, when it was least expected in Baltimore with a great defense. Imagine, he tweeted out, imagine if Twitter had existed during Drew Brees' first three seasons. 10-17 and 17 as a starter, sub-60% cl- completion percentage, 29 touchdowns, 31 interceptions, two rushing touchdowns, three fumbles lost, 31 touchdowns, 34 turnovers. Bum. No shot. Forget it. Bum. <laughs> Honestly. Think about what Twitter would have been like. Yeah, probably. Hashtag, you know, bust. What you're hearing about Jameis now, what you're hearing about Andy Dalton now, because you never know. But I would find it fascinating if Winston goes on a run, like obviously no one's going to go on a run like Breeze, but he goes on a nice run with New Orleans. Wouldn't that be something? And Jameis is the starter versus Brady in, in Tampa. That's something that we thought would be coming, certainly one time when, you know, uh, with him signing there and Breeze gone and we thought it would be him and maybe it's Taysom Hill instead. That would be Jameis starting for the Saints, taking on the Bucks as defending Super Bowl champs. I would proffer to say that's a nice piece of filet mignon that uh, one of our at the NFL uh, partners would be all over, right? Again, the problem is the team that Dalton is going to. They have been dying for their franchise face. And they've been dying for that franchise face. They thought it was Cutler. It was not as he was riding the stationary bike while Caleb Haney was trying to take care of business against Aaron Rodgers. And then Mr. Stationary Bike was seen strolling down Rodeo Drive a couple of days later. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and so we all know how it worked out for Cutler there. And Trubisky isn't Mahomes and isn't Watson and he's gone. And nobody ever thought that. Trubisky would be gone in favor of Dalton and Foles. Let's see what they do. If they draft a rookie, it's the perfect quarterback room in which to put the rookie. Learn from those two guys. Let's see how it all plays out. But for the moment, oh my gosh, I think Ashton Kutcher is going to come on and be positive because he's excited to say he wants to talk about the orange rifle. It does appear that he has taken the red out and he's putting (laughs) a piece of Bears colors in. So we'll talk about this with him. When we come back, we have uh, the creator, uh, co-creator, and host of MTV's Punked on the 18-year anniversary of its debut, T.J. Jefferson's buddy, Ashton Kutcher, when we come back. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased 
in store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss. Five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. We're one big happy simulcast family. Ashton Kutcher about to call into the program shortly. Um, So... This one's an interesting one. This one just popped. This one's pretty cool. This one is um, so much fun. And it's just amazing how much talent the Arizona Cardinals keep amassing for their quarterback, Kyler Murray. You know, Adam Schefter reporting and uh, my fellow uh, NFL media group colleagues also reporting. A.J. Green has just signed a one-year contract. My, uh, my friend uh, Ian Rapport saying it's one-year $8 million with the Arizona Cardinals. Oof. And here are my two thoughts on that subject. First blush. One is this strikes me as Larry Fitzgerald telling the team, I'm, I'm finished. Right. That's what now, I but, think. But, but AJ AJ's not a slot guy, like which is what Larry's. If you remember, there was a big to do when Bruce Arians came and put Larry in the slot. Remember, he took Larry from outside yeah. and he put Larry in the slot, Worked and out. that was something that was <laughs> they weren't on the same page there at the beginning of that. And obviously, Larry Fitzgerald has proven to be as Hall of Fame in the slot as he was outside the numbers for his first several years of his career. But I'm just wondering if Larry's told the Cardinals, "I'm still figuring it out." And they jumped on A.J. Green because if Larry comes back, great. Then you've got Larry Fitzgerald, A.J. Green, and Christian Kirk, and, of course, the big kahuna and DeAndre Hopkins. Larry would just be an absolute remarkable cherry on top. But that first thing is like one year, eight million. It sounds like that's what you would do to feather the nest and wet the beak of your pro football Hall of Fame wide receiver to say if he wants to come back. That's my first blush thought, is we should wait for that press conference to maybe be scheduled in Arizona. Cardinals are cooking now. Now, the other thing that makes that, that, that leaps out at me on this subject matter is somebody needs to pull Kyler Murray aside. He knows this anyway, but someone needs to pull him aside at some point and say, you know, it's not normal to be drafted first overall (laughs) by a team that already drafted somebody top 10 the year before, and then they clear the decks for you. And then it's not normal that in back-to-back years, Pro Bowl wide receivers are acquired for you. Hey, man, you get Kyler Murray, and then you add DeAndre Hopkins, and then you add A.J. Green. So A.J. Green and J.J. Watt are Arizona Cardinals in the last few weeks. Tremendous, tremendous signings to supplement what you're already building. 
Cardinals or Rams in the West? Well, you don't forget the Seahawks, brother. Mm. Yeah. And don't forget yeah. the 49ers, brother. Yeah. You could say that right now. If the 49ers get to Sean Watson, different story. Different. Yeah. Wow. I agree. What a signing. A.J. Green going to um, Arizona on the day Andy Dalton goes to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever Marvin Lewis is right now, he's beaming. Bengals fans are like, what's going on? Feeling you. <laughs> Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, courtesy of our social media grandmaster, as he cares to be known, T.J. Jefferson, at 2Jiggy, for those who care to follow our social media grandmaster. Uh, you've known this uh, gent for quite some time. We're thrilled to have here on the Rich Eisen Show, which is what we call um, you know, high-quality booking, not just because of who he is and what day it is. It's the 18th anniversary of Punked making its debut on MTV. But we're kind of stepping in it. There's Big Bears news, and he's a yeah. Big Bears fan. Ashton Kutcher here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, sir? I am delightful. How are you? I am better for talking to you. All right, screw it. Give me our favorite T.J. Jefferson story. <laughs> wow. let's, just jump, let's just jump right in. What do you got for me, Ashton? Oh, oh man. Oh, man. You, you know what the thing is? Is that, that um, uh, well, boy. So I... I I have to think long and hard about this because TJ has so much compromise on me that, <laughs> that uh, I, I don't want to play. I don't want to play an exchange war with this man. Wow, what, what is this uh, photograph we're seeing right here? Let's help uh, Ash now. It's you and him in a pool. And how yeah. old is this photograph that we're looking at right here? That that picture is from July the third, two thousand and one. Damn, we uh, we had just moved. He and I used to be roommates. We didn't. We never said that. And uh, he bought that house. He was, you know, he was nice enough to allow me to live there with him. And uh, we moved in the first day of July, and we decided everyone would have a 4th of July party. So why don't we have a 3rd of July party? And, and this is the photograph we're seeing, huh, Ashton, yeah. on the screen here. That, uh, yeah, it, it must be. I can't see the photo, but right. I'm, I'm assuming that it is. It is that. Yes, it is. You can take the trust. So, <laughs> so okay, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a great uh, T.J. Jefferson You don't have story. to, by the no, way. No, no, he does. Know. Please Turn his microphone off. This is a quality yes. one. This, this is, uh, I'll put a little shine on you. Okay. Uh, so, so, you know, TJ and I, TJ was like, we worked together for a while and started traveling around the world and doing various things. When I, I would go on promotional tours for various films and things. And at one point we ended up in Australia. Um, and, and I, <laughs> I think I had to work the next day or something, and TJ was like, I'm going to go out. <laughs> and so he goes out to a, a nightclub um, and basically gets kicked out because the bouncer at the, at the nightclub thought that his Altoids were drugs because they'd never <laughs> seen Altoids before. And so they, they kicked him out. Um, and the the guy looked at his like can of Altoids and thought like TJ was like drug dealing inside of his nightclub (laughs) and all you wanted was fresh breath TJ just in case you met someone at the club I was trying to talk to this Sheila as they call him down there and and, and, uh, yeah (laughs) so more things change the more they stay the same basically what you're saying in 2021 Ashton Kutcher here on the Rich Eisen Show 18 years ago punked debuted tonight uh ashton how did that show come about for you where, where where did that one come from all those years ago for you um so when i was growing up there there were these uh audio tapes that you could get uh, of these guys the jerky boys of course mm-hmm. and 
that the Jerky Boys would like call and prank phone call people, and they would play these characters in in their prank phone calls. And I just thought it was the funniest thing uh, when I was when I was younger. Um, I still think it's really funny, um, but with, with, through a slightly different lens today. But I always thought that that was that was the funniest thing. I, and and I watched Candid Camera and things like that, but I felt like Candid Camera never quite took it far enough. Yes. Um, and, it, it, and it just didn't have like the edge of like the jerky boys that would, they, they would go all the way there. Um, and so that's, that's really where I, and I started batting back and forth with my producing partner at the time, this idea of like, can we make a show that's like the jerky boys? And none of my representation wanted me to do it. They were like, you know, you're an actor. You're not going to be seen as a serious actor if you go and do a reality show. And I was like, no, I want to make this and I want to do this. And, and I was doing the 70s show at the time and, and shooting some films. And, uh, and I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I want to do it on MTV. And then I got the MTV and they're like, okay, we, we'll do this show, but you've got to, you've got to pull the pranks on celebrities. And I was like, all right. Uh, and, and that's, that's that's sort of how it came to be. So when you're saying you didn't think uh, Candid Camera committed or to the bit or committed to the prank uh, far enough, are you referring to making Justin Timberlake think his home was being repoed by the IRS, for instance? That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> like like th- making Beyonce think that she ruined Christmas because uh, she dropped the tree that was like you know the ceremonial Christmas tree in the middle of you know Century City. Um, like having <laughs> having undercover agents come and bust the gambling ring uh, and, and like bust through windows, like that kind of thing. So, which celebrity was the most upset or by being punked, Ashton? I imagine when it was first starting, they'd probably been like, "What gives?" And then, obviously, when the phrase even got out there that people, you know, pulling pranks in just everyday life, the word punking somebody to this day still even exists. Before you reached that, I imagine, or even when you did reach that sort of status, which celebrity got the most upset with you? I mean, I think the celebrity that's most upset is me because I don't own this show. <laughs> You've been punked. <laughs> but but, right. but I, wasn't, I wasn't wise enough back then to, to know that I should own it. Um, but I think, you know, the people that took it, that, that had the hardest time with it were comedians. Huh. Um, which is interesting. You'd think that they would love it, um, but I. Uh, but comedians like to be in control of the joke. They don't want the joke to be on them unless they're making the joke about themselves. And so, oftentimes, we would do a punk on a comedian, and they would get really. Um, they just wouldn't be happy about it. Um, and then there were a couple instances where, like. You know, like, I think A-Rod was in the middle of, like, a trade deal, and he was talking about it with friends, and, and that was on camera, and he's like, no, nah, you got to burn the tapes. Um, and, and then there was one where somebody pulled out a gun. Whoa. Uh, huh? No, I'm just listening. I'm like, whoa, somebody pulled out a gun, huh? Yeah, somebody pulled out a firearm in the middle of it, and it got a little, got a little heated. Um, but you know, at the end, everybody was cool with it. I don't think anybody holds a grudge, uh, on it. I, I think it's just in, in that moment, um, people would get pretty upset. 
you know, like Zach Braff, like beat up a kid. It was like people got upset. He beat up a kid. He he literally <laughs> beat somebody up because he was there pumped. Was a kid, there was like a we 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 had a kid that he he wasn't a kid, but he looked like he was a kid. Yeah, and he was like spray painting his Porsche uh, in a parking lot, and he just started like he started getting physical with him. Uh, and we had to go. We had to go calm that down. Yeah, you got to <laughs> tap that one out because it. Okay, so at some point a line gets crossed. And so you're saying, Ashton Kutcher, that A. Rod was caught on tape talking about inside uh, baseball stuff, literally, and thus when the punking was revealed, he's like, "Yeah, you're you're not airing that." Did anything air from yeah. him? Or did no? It, no, we we literally we we pulled the film and destroyed it in front of him because that was the thing about the show, which is. Um, Unlike a lot of the other shows that are out there, we every single person who was ever on Punked signed a release yeah. that said it's okay to air this, right? Like, we didn't air anything of anyone without their permission. And, and you know, it seems that line has been crossed nowadays. But back then, that, that, that was the deal, and, and we... You know, we honored that. Like, if, if we got to the end of it and someone was like, no, not cool, we're not airing, you, you can't air it, we didn't. And, and in that case, he, he made us destroy the, um, destroy the tapes. Ashton Kutcher here on the Rich Eisen Show. You think it could be done today? I mean, social media being what it is, it could be shared left and right, up and down. You know that. You're, you're the first guy, the first individual to get a million folks on Twitter. That, by the way, was 12 years ago. Um, do you think this could be done again, rebooted? Ashton? Yeah, with the right, with the right people, it, it could get done again. I, I actually think the interesting way to do it would be um, do it through, like, NFTs um, and, like, actually shoot a punk and make, make the prank itself uh, and the video an NFT where there was a royalty right where the person who got pranked actually owned a piece of it for perpetuity and then people could – Buy it, sell it, trade it. Whoa. Let's pitch that out. Uh, me, yeah. you, Thanks, TJ. Bro. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put that thing together. Let's uh, let's pitch that out, uh, Ashton. Hey, Rich. You know, one thing <laughs> you you were talking about people getting mad. There yes. was one time when you know because punk got to be so big. Yeah. That you know, at the beginning, Ashton was there for all of them. But then, as his career took off, and he had to do seventy show and movies, it was like, well, if we wanted to get rich, and Mike and Chris were helping set us up. And we could only get you at this time and this date. If yeah. he couldn't be there, we still have to do it. Like, this has to go on. Right. So The Rock, we're punking The Rock. He's shooting the movie Be Cool. The director, F. Gary Gray, is the accomplice, right? So Ashton's not there. He's doing a night shoot. So Jason Goldberg and I were running the punk that day. And we blew up The Rock's trailer. <laughs> like, his trailer for the movie got blown <laughs> up. I remember and that. As the reveal starts to come, you know, we had our two Phil agents, Whitney Cummings was one and yeah. Vince Green was another, and they're kind of poking at the rock, like, well, it's kind of your fault. I asked you about like plugging in an iron and it, like they're basically insinuating it is it's his fault and he's right. being cool, but you could see 
The Rock is starting to now get more and more upset. He's that cooking. Everybody's pointing at him and saying, this is your fault. And he's talking about his Lava Lavas, which are a Samoan um, rap that he would wear. Yeah. And finally, our guy Vince, who was really good at agitating people, said something to him. And The Rock kind of like made a move towards him. <laughs> And everybody swarmed, and then F. Gary Gray had to jump in and go, hey, Rock, guess what? You've been punked. And, like, you could see The Rock, like, seething. And it literally was about 10 seconds where he went from 100 mad to he calmed down. Okay. And then I had met him before, so I was, like, the first person from production who went up to approach him and be like, hey, bro, <laughs> everything cool, Rock? You know? And I, I was a little bit worried about that one, but that one, you know, Ashton wasn't there for that one, and it was like... But you got a report on that, I'm sure, Ashton, by the end of the day. Uh, yeah, I, I actually got called in to, like... <laughs> I showed up at the very end to be like, Rock, it's all cool, right? Like, you know, Dwayne, remember when you did the 70s show back in the day? Play the professor, we're friends, so it's good. Like, I got called in at the end of it, but that, I mean, there was some crazy. I, I mean, I thought somebody was going to get killed on the Kanye one because he took off and like jumped on top of a moving car and like, I mean, there, there were some that like were borderline dangerous. I, I guess the one question as to whether or not it could be done today is legal. Because we were right on the edge of, like, we, we always had a lawyer screaming at us in the control room for every one of these things. And so, you know, now, I mean, people are a little more litigious. Mm. And it might not be able to go off. A couple more minutes left here with Ashton Kutcher. Uh, on the anniversary of Punked, a lot of Bears fans think they are being punked right now by the signing of Andy Dalton. Are you one of them, Ashton Kutcher? Are you talking about the orange rifle? That's the one. <laughs> That one. I mean, he. Here's the thing. Like, I, yeah. My my mom always told me when I got to the dinner table, you get what you get, and you don't get upset, right? So, uh, you know, I'm looking at Andy Dalton, and I'm like, I, I always try to find like the good side of it. Um, you know, one, we we have a first round, a second round, a third round, fifth round, or I, I think like a fifth round, seventh round draft pick next year. And, and so, you know, we didn't have to give up. The, the world, right? And yep. and if we if we would have got Russell Wilson, it, it sounds like that deal would have meant giving up the giving up the franchise. We need an offensive line, like we need we need depth in our offensive line. Like Daniels went down last year, and it was obvious. Like we, it's why we had a good run at the beginning of the season, and it fell off. Is that we we're playing the offensive line shuffle game all year, and because we just don't have the depth there, so. I'm happy that we've got some draft picks. I'm happy that we still have some, you know, powder in the chamber. And look, if you look at Dalton, like through his career, you know, I I think last year, like he he's always hovered around like a sixty plus percent completion rate, and 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 that's good news, right? Because you know, Trubisky went under pressure, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Um, so I'm excited to have a guy that can deliver the, deliver the football on target. Um, and you know, other than like that, his last year in Cincinnati, that was kind of like, he knew he was out the door and it was kind of ugly. He's had, he, he's played well. Um, and, and we got Robinson, we got the franchise tag on and, and Miller is great. 
and and Mooney is you know a, a really promising young talent. Yeah. So he's got some receivers. So maybe we can get an offensive line, and and our defense is dope. So and we have a new defensive coordinator. That's that's a little you know I, I we'll see. He's been he's been with the franchise for a while. He was a safeties coach, but what you know I I, I actually think it's a smart move. Um, all in all, given you know we can get Russell Wilson, but he'd probably get hurt if we can't bolster our offensive line to keep him keep him upright and then and then you've spent all your draft picks and all your money on a guy who just got hurt because you couldn't protect him all right so you're 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 being positive about it and i appreciate the glass half full right there and um you know and our radio audience is going to be going away in, in about 30 seconds time and uh we'll continue this conversation on our peacock side for just a couple of minutes before we say uh, farewell to Ashton Kutcher, but we we do have uh, a segment here, Ashton, called Higher Register, where we have to kind of go up here in order to believe what we're saying. You did start a little Higher Register about Andy Dalton, like, hey, you know, I mean, he's got that sixty percent completion percent. Like, I, you did go a little Higher Register on me there, Ashton. You know, I, uh, listen, is this the guy for the future of the organization? I, I, I don't know, but. I also don't think that we're picking up a guy in like the what the 11th year of his career and thinking that this is the guy for the future of the organization. So right. you know, he might be a guy that can can that he he's a guy that gives us a shot. I know, and, and we're back an hour three in a second. This is the Rich Eisen show. show.